What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph, and today I did something different. For this episode, it is unlike any other episode you've ever seen on this podcast. What I did was take questions from you guys uh, through my Instagram. If you aren't part of my Instagram fam, get on it, DM me. Um, and what I did was take questions from you. I asked you what, what questions do you want answered on my podcast? Tomorrow I'm doing an episode. It's going to be based on answering your specific questions. So that's what I did. I got 15 questions. So let's get started, guys. Question number one, which are the most important lessons a father can teach his sons on interacting with women? I love this question. The person who submitted it was just really passionate about it. And really, I could tell this is just coming straight from his heart. And he really really wanted to know this answer. So I did come up with four important lessons that I think can really help. Okay. Number one is don't go, when it comes to women, don't go by the golden rule. We know the golden rule, or if you don't know, it's treat others how you would want to be treated. But the platinum rule, which I think John Gray calls it, is treat others how you believe they would want to be treated. So think about that. And when it comes to women, this is so important because You know, men assume that women are just like them, and they're like, well, this is how I would do it. This is how I would want to be treated. But you have to understand, women are not men. (laughs) We are different. We are different creatures. So when it comes to being different creatures, you have to understand that, okay, I can't treat her exactly how I would want to be treated. I have to treat her how she wants to be treated. Just as I know I'm different from her, you know, and I wouldn't want to be treated like a female, then I can't treat her like a male, right? So... That goes with effective communication. You know, if you're wondering, okay, well, I don't know. How do you know what she, how she wants to be treated? You ask her. This is something so huge because I feel most men do not, do not ever take initiative to say, how do you feel about that? Or does that bother you? Or are you happy with that? How are you feeling right now? You know, those are more, those are more questions that females ask, ask just because we're more in tune with our emotions. But this is so important for men to do more of because if you go out of your way to effectively communicate in a way that shows, hey, I care about the way you feel, I care about how I'm treating you, I want to make sure you're comfortable with it and you're happy with it. Um, So what can I do better? Or like, what can I do? What can I do to make you feel more at ease right now? Just a simple question like that would have a woman like, oh my God. Or even, you know, if, if your sons are younger, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, did that upset you? Like, I didn't, like, how did you just feel about that? Like, just asking questions about feelings, I think, goes a long way in terms of effective communication and giving her what she needs. Number two, safety. Women are constantly on the lookout um, when it comes to safety, like, just all the time. And it, yeah, it sucks, um, but we are. Whenever I have those nights and I have to park a little farther, walk in the dark, I have to have my mace ready to go in my one hand. And it's because I have this fear that, like, what if, what if someone jumps out and attacks me? And usually, and that fear is associated to what if a man jumps out and attacks me? You know, I hate having that feeling. Like, it sucks. Um, but it's just, it's a feeling that's really just stuck with a lot of women. And it's really hard to let go of that and just assume you know, it's, I mean, it's not smart to assume that every, that you're safe all the time either, but I mean, just to have that negative association, um, tied to men, that's, that so many women feel, I think it's so, it's so important for men and young boys even to make sure that the girls they're with or the women they're with are always feeling safe. And that comes with, like I said, effective communication too, making sure that she feels safe at all times. And if you, if she has a look on her face, if she hesitates, that's usually a sign of will I be safe. So keep on the lookout for small signs, guys, because if you can spot the more body language you understand, 
the more you'll realize, like, does she feel safe with me right now? And you believe me, you want a woman to feel safe with you. If she doesn't, it's, it's just, it, the relationship's going to go nowhere. Number three, ask her how she's feeling and if she's happy with you. When it comes, this is an important lesson because so many, so many guys, like I said, don't reach out with feeling questions, right? Like the feeling questions are more so on the female side. And then females feel like, that's why we're always like, I don't feel heard. That's a very common complaint from women. I don't feel heard because men don't go out of their way to, to ask us like, you know, how are you doing right now? Or like, you know, you said this, does that mean you're upset? Does that mean you're stressed? Like, what is that? Because we assume the thing with women is like, we assume you guys to just read our lang- our body language. Just as women can read our language because we're very good at reading language, body language, men can't read it as well. And, you know, as women, we forget this. So this is, you know, this we play a part in this as well. But for you guys, just realize that the more questions you ask her to pull out her honest emotions of how she's feeling, the more she, safe she's going to feel with you and the more comfortable and happy she's going to be with you. And if you even go out of your way to ask, are you happy in this relationship? Are you happy with me? Then it's a win-win because then she feels like she feels like her emotions are being heard and then she can tell you if she is happy or not. And if she is happy, then you're like, okay, I'm doing everything I could possibly do. If she's not happy, then you can ask her, why aren't you happy? And then she'll explain and then you can say, well, what do you need me to do to make that better or to improve in that area? And then she'll tell you. But unless you ask her, women most likely will not go out of their way to be, to be like, I feel shitty when I'm with you. We won't because we feel bad. It's weird. Like we have this major guilt around that emotionally. So we won't flat out like, you know, as a guy, you can't just assume everything's okay. It may not be okay. And that's why it's always good to do these check-ins and say, are you happy? Like flat out question. If she says no and she, I mean, if she says, yes, she is happy and she's not, then that's not your problem. You know, you did all you could. So just do what you can do. Number four, understand women have sexual power and we will use this sexual power to get what we want. Okay. And this is very, um, it's a human instinct, you know, it's, and for you guys, it's important to realize that this is, that she will use her sexual power and you have to not lose sight of your personal strengths. Don't lose sight of your desires. Don't lose sight of your needs because you have needs just as we have needs. And it's important to respect those needs and have them respected by your partner. So she may be using sex as this powerful tool to get a hold of you or to make you do certain things. But be careful and be cautious of that. When she's doing that, be careful. Just be able to look for it, you know, because you don't want to be taken advantage of and you don't want to feel like, okay, well, she's always getting what she wants when she wants it and I'm not getting what I want when I want it. Is that equal? Is that fair? So be on the lookout for that. And always, you know, guys, make sure that you're, that you're taking ownership of your personal strengths, your desires, and your needs. Question number two, how do I know if she likes me back or not? Okay, so episodes eight and nine will help you a lot with this. One of them is Flirting 101, and another one is called Are You Texting Her Too Much? And in these two episodes, I I give a lot of information in terms of, okay, if she's not, like, if she's answering this way, that means she's into you, um, blah, blah, blah. So please go check out episode eight and episode nine to help you with this question. But to be just really quick about it in general, if we like you, we will give you, we will give you obvious signs we like you. If you're like constantly communicating with us and we're not flirtatious at all, chances are we're not into you. That's the thing. Like if you flirt, like she will flirt back if she's into you. 
most likely all women do this and they make it obvious. And, you know, in person, the obvious body language signals are a lot of batting of the eyes, looking down. We will fix our hair, touch our hair a lot, put our body close to yours so that you can touch us more, you know, engaging in conversation, like touch us on the arm or something. Um, so yeah, a lot of eye contact. Those are obvious signs that she is into you when you're in person. And if you're trying to figure out if it's via text, then go check out the episode. Number three, can you really forgive a cheater? Okay, well, this is personal, right? Because forgiveness comes from you. You have to understand, are you ready to forgive this person, to forgive this person who cheated on you? And, you know, there's that saying, once a cheater, always a cheater. I don't believe it. I believe people cheat because there's miscommunication, because there's not effective communication in the relationship. And a relationship takes two, right, guys? Like, it takes two. So if someone's cheating, then that means someone is not getting their needs met. And you have to ask yourself, you know, I'm playing a part in this. I play a part in the reason why my partner is cheating, because probably made a promise at one point and I'm not fulfilling it and I'm not reaching out to her to make sure that her needs are fulfilled the way she wants them to be. I'm not doing check-ins with her and part of that is on you. I know that sucks to hear. Maybe a big part is not but part of it has to do with you, the person you attracted into your life. You know, everything in our life we have attracted in one way or another. We attracted it into our life. So if you're with a person who ended up cheating on you, then you you played a part in that, right? You attracted someone who either is always cheating on people because they have trust issues, or you got into the relationship and then they cheated and you're trying to figure out why, but meanwhile, you never kept in touch in terms of emotional connection, communication with your partner to make sure that they're happy and their needs are being met. So based on that, you have to decide, am I ready Am I ready to forgive this person who hurt me so badly? And what are the chances that they'll do it again? What are the signs that they're really sorry if they are sorry? Because we can feel that, guys, right? If someone apologizes to us, we know if they mean it or not. And we know if they're really going to try and do better. But you also have to understand that it happened and it could happen again. And that's with any any relationship. Like, even as someone who never cheated, they could potentially cheat. It's always a matter of just keeping in touch with that communication along the way to make sure that doesn't happen. So just doing those emotional check-ins and relationship check-ins to make sure our partner's happy and fulfilled. Number four, how long does it take for a woman to invite a man she likes back to her place? I mean, it depends. It depends on comfort level. And I would say comfort level is a big one and sexual attraction is a big one. So, I mean, it could be that night, right? I mean, (laughs) we all have our one night stands here and there you know, that could happen. Or it could be if you're really trying to be exclusive, you know, usually, usually exclusive relationships don't start with one night stands. So if that's the case, then it's a matter of making her feel comfortable and safe, you know, like I talked about earlier, and knowing how sexually attracted she is to you. If she is not sexually attracted, she will not go up to your place. Like even when women say, all right, nothing, like we can't do anything. Okay. Like we all go through that phase where we're like, okay, nothing's going to happen. Like sometimes we have that awkward little talk And then sometimes we're just like, all right, I'll just come up quick for a drink. Like, we always are under the impression that, oh, he's going to try to sleep with me. So I have to be prepared. Like, we're always, we always know that's coming. Like, we're not stupid. We're not like, okay, we'll just have coffee. Okay. Like, in our head, we're like, he wants to fuck me. Let's, am I ready? Like, I'll just go and we'll see what happens. If he's good kisser, we have good connection. Maybe I'll just go with it. You know, like, we we all have that feeling. But in order to get her there, I would say the two big things are comfort level and sexual attraction. Um, if she feels sexually attracted to you and she feels totally comfortable with you, then 
chances are she will go back to your place. Number five, how long is too long to meet up again if she lives away from you? Um, I would say it depends. It depends on the age, your age. It depends on the intention for the relationship. Is it a serious relationship? Um, I think at least, at least every couple months you should be seeing someone physically if you're getting serious with them or you're dating them. Um, and even that's hard a couple months, geez. Um, but yeah, if you're doing like a long distance thing, I mean, I really don't know. It depends. Like, I mean, it's possible. Of course, anything is possible, but you have to, you have to realize that a lot of relationship takes physical connection, right? And that physical communication and touch, touch is so important. Sex is so important. Um, so when it gets to that stuff and that's lacking, um, you know, how many months can you really go without that? and still be, still be very connected to this person. You know, sex connects us. It bonds us. I really don't know, uh, for sure. Like, I mean, this is personal preference, right? Number six, why do women run to their exes? Comfort zone. What happens often is we start dating someone new and they make us feel a different way. And sometimes different can be better, right? But sometimes it can also be scary. Sometimes different, can be like, holy shit, like they're trying to change who I am and they're trying to change my lifestyle. And if that person's not ready to change their lifestyle or change the way, you know, they feel about themselves or look at themselves with this other person, then that could be scary. And they may run back to how they used to feel or they want to like, and maybe that feeling was even worse. Maybe they felt worse about themselves, but it was a safety net. It was a safety place where their brain was like, okay, this is comfortable. Like, this is okay. Like we know how to do this. We've been here. You know, guys, have you ever had that feeling of just, like, falling back into an old routine, and even though you knew it was shitty, and you were eating, like, shit, and you weren't going to the gym, and you were, like, you were thinking negatively every day, you're just, your brain just always went to the negative, it's like you fell back there, and it's not necessarily that you want to fall back there, like, intentionally, it's kind of just, like, your body just didn't want to push anything new, because it didn't feel ready, it didn't feel capable of going into something new, so I think that's often a big thing. Um, of why, why women run back to their exes and men run back to their exes because they're a little intimidated by the change. I also think that it has to do with the feelings, certain feelings or certain events that happen while they were with their ex. So they may have felt a certain way that you can't make them feel or they haven't felt yet, or they felt they did specific things with their ex that made them feel happy or made them feel excited or liberated and they haven't yet felt that with you and they miss that feeling. Um, We do everything based on feelings, right? Like, every relationship we get into, it's because the person made us feel a certain way. Like, everything we do is because it feels good, like, you know? So I think think a lot of it has to do with just, like, the comfort zone and the, the feeling, chasing the feeling, chasing that feeling. Number seven, after a recent breakup, what is the best way to recover mentally and emotionally? This is a really good question. I would say, first cry, get pissed. You know, take a few boxing lessons, like beat the shit out of a pillow and like a dummy, whatever, whatever you have to do to get that emotional tension out of your body, because you're going to feel that you're going to feel really, really stressed and really like there's a buildup and it's, it's not healthy. You're going to feel like, you know, it's, it's just not good. And you'll, you'll know that because you'll feel pain and you want to get rid of that. You want to get, you want to detox, you want to get it out of your body, get it out of your system, that immediate pain it caused. So don't be afraid to cry. Don't be afraid to get really angry. If you have to write a letter that has to do with you sharing emotions of hurt, frustration, anger, 
how pissed you are at her about the whole situation, how sad you are, um, how hurt you feel by it. Whatever emotions you feel are building up and need to get out, do it. Do it by writing it down to get it out and also by physically getting it out through going to the gym or taking a boxing class or just anything that really gets that that energy out. And then after that, I would analyze the breakup and I would try to make peace with it. You know, understand it. Understand how you can grow from it. And this is a hard part, but you don't want to go on in your life holding resentment towards that person or holding anger, hostility towards that person because all that does is hurt you, right? That only hurts your future relationships. That only that only keeps you more in the negative mindset. That only holds you back. It only makes you upset. So you want to release that. You want to be able to look back on it and say, okay, like this was, this was shitty and this sucked, but I did learn a lot from it. And I... I realized that I do this in relationships and maybe that was related to that. And maybe in the future I could prevent this by doing X, Y, and Z, you know, and this is, this is often what I do with my clients is like, is analyze their past relationships and say, okay, well, what were you doing with women? What did you feel around women? Like, what did you talk about with women? And we kind of had to change a lot of that and, and reshape everything so that it didn't happen in the future. And this is the same thing. It's kind of like when you analyze and you get to break it up in pieces and say, okay, what really went wrong? Um, how do I feel about it? Do I feel like I tried my best? What could I have done to make it better? Or if it was out of your control, just say that out loud to yourself. It was out of my control. There's nothing I could have done. I really do feel I tried my best. And moving forward, I'll continue to try my best. But I'll also try to be more effective at communicating by asking questions to my partner once a week. Or I will come up with a specific tactic that will make you feel like you're moving forward from this or that you can better yourself from it. Then... After doing that, after analyzing it completely and getting clarity, I want you to get clarity on what you want for the future. So set new goals. And these don't have to be related to a relationship, you know, because quite often when you break up, when you have a breakup with someone, you the next move is not to jump into a new relationship. No, that's probably the worst thing to do. You know, first you want to, first you want to let out your emotions, like I said, then you want to analyze the situation then you want to get clarity on your future. So this means set new goals, set cre- create a new daily routine, block her on social media. This is not immature. This is not childish to block. This is so you they stop obsessing over her because this is what's going to happen. Especially if she breaks up with you, you're going to probably be obsessing over her to an unhealthy extent where you're not moving yourself forward. So like I said, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry and take that time because we're human and we need to do that. You need to feel negative emotions, You can't, but you shouldn't dwell on them. I never want men to feel like they shouldn't feel emotional or they shouldn't feel negativity at certain points. You should. That's Negative feelings are human behavior. They're part of who we are. They're who make us who we are, right? And I have them too, but I don't dwell on them. And someone today asked me, how are you always so happy? And I just... You know, like, I'm not always happy, but I don't dwell on negative emotions ever. Like, I mean, yeah, sometimes I do. I'm human. But I mean, I try really hard not to. And I, I just responded, I love my life. And I really do. And I think that's because I'm clear on my goals and I'm, I have a daily routine that makes me excited to get up in the morning and do my whole day and then, you know, prepare before I go to bed to do it all again. And I just, it's, it's a good, it's a good thing. It's a good feeling. And like I said, we're always chasing feeling, right? So yeah, when it comes to when it comes to getting clarity on your future and leaving a negative past relationship or a breakup and trying to escape that and move ahead, then it's all about switching everything 
flip your world upside down as much as you can. Seriously. Like change your daily routine, change your habits, start a new habit, start a new hobby. Even if it's just for like a month, just like shift into a new place. Because the more you can shift into a totally new place, the more you feel like a new man and a different person and you have a better restart. You know what I mean? So I think that's a really healthy way to kind of regroup and get back out there, get back out there in the world, start feeling sexy again, start having fun again, start smiling and laughing again. And when you can feel that, then that's a really good sign that, okay, I'm in a good place. Um, Okay, what's next? And how am I going to, before jumping into the next relationship, kind of just sit down with yourself again and say, how am I going to take this differently? How am I going to do this differently? And how is it going to be better? Okay. Number, number eight, why does the spark die in relationships after a year or so? Within a year, like the first year, six months to a year is what we call the honeymoon phase, right? And what this means is dopamine in the brain is going crazy. Like your brain has released so much dopamine because you're with this new person, okay? There's something new. This is why in relationships there's like stages and whenever a new stage happens, there's a new rush of dopamine. Like first, first you're dating. That's a hit of dopamine. Oh my God, who's this new person we're dating? Oh man, it's so exciting. And then it gets boring and it gets bland until you get married, right? That's something new. It's a change. Boom, more dopamine. Then the dopamine's flooding your brain again and it's something new. You're getting married. Then you're married for like a year, right? And then blah. You start seeing, especially after a year, you know, you start seeing what the person's really like when you're not just, you know, calling them your boyfriend, like your like girlfriend. I think that's one more sexy term than wife. You know, like girlfriend is more like comes off more sexually appealing than wife. And that kind of sucks, but it does. What, like, once you're married, it's kind of like that, well, now what? Like, this is you. Like, I'm stuck. Like, now I see all your problems. I see how much you fart on a daily basis. Like, <laughs> like you don't pick up after yourself. You know, you're using, the, you're using the same bathroom as me. That's not sexy. You're seeing the unsexy side is what's happening. And then you're, you don't have as much dopamine going on because you're used to it already. You know, it's been a year. You've been married. And it's kind of just a reality check to, to like, okay, like, this is life. People see that as bland because they don't set up things for their future to keep it exciting. The couples that have that exciting, sexy relationship, no matter how old they are, no matter how long they've been dating, they take action to communicating with each other efficiently and doing different things with each other and allowing each other to do different things on their own. You know, as I always talk about that polarity in the relationship, you know, let your wife go do her own thing with her girlfriends without you. That has nothing to do with you and she doesn't have to tell you about it. You just trust her that she's having fun. Same goes for you. You go out with your guys. You don't have to have a whole discussion like she's your mom checking in on you. Just go live your lives, come back and have sex and it will be amazing. Like, It's just getting out of the pattern of like, okay, now we're husband and wife. We must live together and we must never talk to anyone again. And we must have sex at the same time every, every other night. And it must be missionary position. (laughs) It doesn't have to be boring, but I think we just think that way. So in terms of dopamine and the seeing the unsexy side and getting, getting past that honeymoon phase and feeling like, oh shit, like you really just have to set yourself up for new experiences and adventures within your marriage and within your, um, within your relationship. If you've been dating a long time, do different shit, different shit hits the dopamine. It gets the dopamine going again. That's what we have to do. Always get into new habits, always start new routines and new adventures. Number nine, why is it frowned upon for men to speak up their opinions, but not so much women? 
Okay. So as I said, men are less emotional beings, but this is changing, right? In today's society, this is men are speaking up. Men are becoming more emotional and vulnerable. And people have more empathy for women in general because we're often perceived as more soft or sensitive, which we are. You know, we are. We are emotionally softer. We are emotionally, because we're more emotionally in tune. We're more emotionally intelligent. So, you know, we can't, like, women can't get angry when men call us emotional, emotionally sensitive. We are because we're super emotionally intelligent. So of course we're going to be sensitive to it because we're so, it's so ingrained in us. Like it's so obvious to us. So any type of emotional thing, like we feel, we feel it. Like guys don't feel the shit we feel. So that's why we're sensitive to it. Cause it's throughout our, think of it as just flooding throughout our body, like our emotional responses and reactions and language and the way we can read emotion. It's so much better than males. You know, and this is, as I always say, this because we have kids, we have babies, so we have to be really emotionally in tune. And I think this is why people have more empathy for women, because because we are sensitive to it, we feel it more. Men don't, but then, but then men don't ever express it, and that's not okay, and that's not healthy, and we want you guys to express it. We want you guys to feel like, like you can tell us how you're feeling whenever you're feeling a certain way so that we can help you, and we would love to do that, you know? And I think there's a certain... There's a certain amount of emotional conversation a man and women should have in a relationship. I don't believe that men should always be totally vulnerable with their with their female partner because that does this is a whole nother episode. I'll do an episode on this, but that's a really interesting topic. Um, okay, number <laughs> sorry guys. Cliffhanger. Number 10. How should men handle their girlfriends, wives, male friends? Okay, so I got this question a few times, actually, this week. Men should have... You guys should have an honest conversation with her, okay? You don't have to feel like... I know some of you feel like, oh, well, then I look like a jealous wimp. Like, I look like a fucking... You know. It's not that you're a wimp. It shows that you're concerned about your relationship. You know, I... uh, One of my ex-boyfriends, like, never really got jealous ever. I found it attractive. I really liked it. But at the same time, it, like, sometimes made me curious of, like... Then it's kind of weird. He's like never jealous at all. <laughs> like, like maybe he should be a little more jealous than he is, you know. But I think, um, but more more so, it was very attractive, and I felt like very free. And I I had so many opportunities to do whatever I wanted because he gave me so much freedom. But I never did because I so respected him, and I so respected the freedom he gave me. So I think that when it comes to your wives, your girlfriends, having these male friends, it's good to have a conversation around that just to show that you care and go in with it confidently. Before you approach her having this conversation, just tell yourself, like set an intention with yourself and just say, okay, going into this conversation with her, I'm going to feel confident. I'm going to come across confident. I'm going to come across like I know exactly what I want to say to her. I want to come across as loving and caring about our relationship, and I want to come across as this concerning me, because maybe it does, and it's okay to let her know, like, this kind of just makes me, it puts me in an awkward spot, like, it puts, it makes me feel kind of weird, so I would really just love to know, like, why this relationship is so important to you, and I want to make sure that you're happy with me. I honestly think if you have that conversation with her and show your concern and your love for her at the same time, not not jealousy and anger, love and concern, okay? If you show love and concern with her, that's very attractive. It comes off very confident. It comes across like, oh, he like he really cares about me. Damn. And then it makes her think twice about hanging out with these, these men again or this guy. And next time she does, 
she will, if she is sexually tempted, she'll distance herself from that relationship because, because of what you said and because of how you laid it out there. With my ex, I would hang out with other guys without him. And, you know, it got to this point where I didn't do that as much because I was like, I don't want him to feel like I'm cheating because I'm not. And second of all, like, I don't need these guys. Like, they're not like actual, they're not like close friends of mine. I don't need to be hanging out with them and I don't want to be tempted and I don't want, you know, my boyfriend to feel like I'm getting tempted or cheating. So yeah, I think it's just important to have the conversation, show love and concern, see her reaction, and then just tell her, I want you to know, I want you to tell me if there's ever a time in our relationship when you're unhappy, because I I don't want that to ever be. And I know there's going to be times when we're up and down with each other and that's normal, but I want to make sure that you're, that you're happy with me. Number 11, when, if ever, is it okay to get back with an ex? That takes, that's a good question. And that takes a serious reality check. That takes you facing yourself and saying, what is it I need from this relationship? Like, why did we break up in the first place? And why do I want to be back with them? What do I see changing this time around? And is that change worth it? And then ask yourself, like, am I the same person? Have I changed? Did the relationship fail last time because I wasn't in the right place? I wasn't in the place I needed to be? Or did it fail because that person wasn't in the place they needed to be? If so, are they going to change? Are they showing actual signs that they are changing? Do I have proof that they're changing and things are going to be different? If not, I would I would be very cautious. I'd be very cautious about getting back with an ex, you know, unless you have unless you both have total clarity on what didn't work and you both agree on that and you also both agree on what needs to be done in the future that's different. You can't just be like, "Oh, I love you. I can't I can't be away from you. Let's just get back." You have to say, "Okay, why did we why did we separate in the first place? Why did we separate and what are we going to do differently to stay together this time?" Because before we couldn't stay together. So we can't be the same two people getting back together. We have to do something different in order to stay, right? You have to do something different to get a different result. If the result last time was separation and this time you want it to be togetherness, then you better do your shit different. Okay. Number 12. What do you do when your ex is trying to get you back into your life? This is kind of the same thing as the last question. Uh, it's still a little different, though. I mean, that depends if you if you want to be back in their life. You know, it's not all about them. And I think so often we feel like if we're not emotionally or mentally strong enough or prepared with our own wants and our needs and our future, then we often cave into an ex just because they provided us love. Like, they gave us sex. They gave us... You know, we had inside jokes. There were friendships that came with that person. So it's very easy to, to be tempted by that and fall back into the relationship if you don't know exactly what you want for yourself, for your life, and you're not emotionally stable. So get emotionally stable. If you feel like you're in this rocky place, which I think you are because you wouldn't be asking me this question if you weren't, if you weren't you have to tell yourself, remind yourself of all the reasons why you left that relationship or why that relationship left you. You know, go back to memory lane and pick that apart. Do an, do an analysis. Break it down. And then ask that person what they're willing to change moving forward. If they're not willing to change anything and they just say, well, I love you. I just want to be with you. Then bullshit. They're, they're not going to change. It's going to be the same shit. You're going to waste more time, which I know we all hate wasting time. <laughs> You're going to end up settling, which we spoke about a lot about this week on my content. So you guys know it's just a matter of breaking it down and understanding why it didn't work, and understanding where you are in terms of what you want for your future, how stable you are in your emotions, your mentality, 
and what this person will give to you that they couldn't give you before and if there are signs that they're working towards becoming better in order to give that to you. Woo, that was a long sentence. Okay, number 13, why are women needy? Okay, and this came to me from an Instagram live when I asked you guys for more of these questions. Why are you attracting needy women? (laughs) That was my response. Because if you have this assumption that in general women are needy, most likely you're attracting needy women. Um, So if you're not attracting needy women, and this is just like a, okay, like why biologically do women need more? I think, and I explained this a little bit on the live, is that women, we take pride in our appearance. And I think with appearance comes a lot of getting our hair done and like being, and like the whole like safety thing is like, well, I have to feel safe and I have to to wear this because I want it to be like appealing and attractive. And we're more so like making ourselves attractive in this life just because our primal instinct is to attract a male. The male instinct is to find an attractive woman and procreate, right? So it's very much like women need need more than men in, in terms of like preparing for a relationship, I think. I don't know if that's coming out right, but I think you guys know what I mean. I think you know what I mean, hopefully. Um, But yeah, if you're just like, if all the women in your life are needy though, in a way that's like, oh, I need this, and like nothing's ever good enough, and like blah, 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 and like that's what you're talking about, if it's more like a whining, needy woman who can't ever feel content with anything, then that's a different story. That means you're attracting needy women. Number 14, are, are women the new men and men the new women these days? This is a really interesting question. Um, I mean, times are changing, right? There's a lot more women in the workplace and there are a lot more men at home. Men are becoming more emotionally vulnerable. We're trying to be, we're trying to be equals here. And I think there's like a battle, this battle of equality. But at the same time, I think my personal view is we can, we should be equal and we should be treated equally, but we shouldn't be treated the same. And we're not the same. We're different. We're different beings. You know, we have different needs emotionally, psychologically, physically, mentally. I think a lot of this has to do with us trying to prove ourselves to each other. That's how I look at it. I think it's very much like, oh yeah, well you could do this. I could do this too. Like, and I so believe in women fighting for equality. Of course. Oh my God. It's so important. And I just, I just think it's, we don't want it to get in the way of men losing their strengths or feeling weak. That is not, from my viewpoint, should not be the end result, is making men feel weaker so we could appear stronger. And this is a very sensitive topic, so I'm not going to go all into it because it's also a very fully loaded topic. And I have to find someone for the show to to interview. I think that would be really interesting to ask questions about this flip because I, I feel like I don't have enough to say. I feel like I'm not going to say the the thing I want to say right now. So yeah, that would be that would be definitely interesting to touch on for a future episode. Number 15. Do you believe that we allow our ego to hijack our sexuality or our sexual nature? So much of our lives is just ego. It's just ego taking over and especially when it comes to sex, I think sex is such this beautiful beautiful thing that's so amazing and fun and 
exciting and liberating. And I do believe it's it's much harder to allow your ego to hijack your sexual nature, especially during sex, because I feel like sex is this time when your body just lets go. You know, that's why you're able to have these fantasies and that's why you're able to do these crazy things in bed. And then after the sex is done, it feels awkward, right? Like the awkward walk of shame or the awkward next morning thing. But during sex, it's like, whatever, like let your freak frag fly. Oh my God, that's hard to say. Let your freak flag fly and just go wild and don't care. And you'll say the craziest shit and like things will come out of your mouth and you'll be like, holy shit, I can't believe I said that. Like, (laughs) this is so crazy. That was so weird. I would never say that. Why did that turn me on? What just happened there? What is he doing right now? (laughs) I like it. I don't even know what he's doing, but I like it. And it's just, you know, we get an outer out of body experience in a way having sex. And I think that, you know, when it comes to our ego, that that doesn't really take as much control where it does in, you know, in everyday life. Yeah, it could put a damper on our sexual nature going day to day, you know, because I think that it often puts that voice in our head where it's like, oh, you're not sexy. What do you th- like? What do you think you're doing? Who do you think you are? You're not going to turn her on. Like, you can't do this before the sex or just even when you're at the bar approaching a woman and you just don't feel that good and don't feel that great. So yeah, I think it's so important for you guys to have certain words and certain phrases to say in your head before approaching women. So for instance, before you go to approach a woman, just say like, I'm sexy as fuck. Like this woman's going to find me sexy as fuck. She's going to talk to me all night and she's going to want to sleep with me. Like that's how, that's how good I am at communicating. That's how safe I make her feel. That's how sexually attractive I am. Cause I got my shit. I have a great dick. I know how to use it. Like this is, this is very inappropriate. But at the same time, like these are the words I actually want you to say, like actually embrace like your body, embrace how you're feeling and talk yourself up in that moment. If you're really confident with your penis, like talk that shit up in your head, in your head, in both heads. (laughs) Oh my God. But you know what I mean, guys? Like you have to get into this, into this zone. And in order to get into that zone, you need, you need certain phrases that you can say every single time so that your ego doesn't take a hold of you. So it's kind of just like when you're out, have a go-to statement that you can say to boost your self-confidence in terms of sexuality. You know, make yourself feel really sexy and appealing before you go approach women. Like what's one thing you can say or what's one thing you can think about or a memory you have where you felt really super confident and sexy or good in bed. Or like you had this, this woman have the best orgasm of her life. Like, what did that feel like when she told you that was the best orgasm I've ever had in my entire fucking life? How did that make you feel? Made you feel like the shit. Made you feel sexy as fuck. So like, think back to those things and have some words or affirmations or phrases that boost you up so that when you're going back into a scenario of maybe you don't feel that great in the moment, you have those words to remind you that memory. You have those words to build you up, to make your body feel like, all right, we got this. Let's go. Okay. All right, guys, those were the 15 questions. I did answer all. And maybe I'll do this again if you guys like this. Please rate my podcast five stars. Give it a two-sentence review. I would really appreciate it. I would appreciate it so much. Seriously, guys. Yeah, that would be really nice. That'd be really nice. And I'll keep putting out as much content as I can for you. But I would appreciate your two seconds of time where you just rate five stars and write a sentence or two. That is all for today's episode. I hope you had a great day. I hope you're feeling sexy and fired up and amazing because you deserve to. And I will catch you on the next episode. See ya! Oh, 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 o